All right, welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joe Zer Jr., and with me is Ryan Greening. Say hi from Ryan's Messy RC Room. Howdy. And Eric Swanson from various activities in RC. I'm also in a Messy RC Room, if that, if that counts for anything. That does count. I'm so glad I don't have a camera on this nonsense that's around me right now. Right now on my... I th- I think that should be a component of a future podcast, actually, that we show the various states of RC decay that we are surrounded by while recording this podcast. Right now I have two nitro buggies torn 100% apart. I have VHS tapes. I have... That's tough to be. <laughs> I'm actually doing something with them. I'm trying to... Uh, somebody... somebody um. Josh Katowski figured out a way to use OBS to do the VHS conversion. He just has to sh- uh, send me over the instructions. But uh, multiple tools, bodies, um, ball tires. My toy box tires are strewn up because you run baldies at the toy box. So, anyways, uh, real quick. You know, I, you know what you should do, Joe, what? before you get into your into your spiel? What? We should have a contest for all the random of talent listeners to take a photo and submit the most random item in their RC room, and then you can vote on who has the most crazy stuff in their RC room. I like it. You know, I should set up an actual contest. I should come up with there an actual, actual prize. Nothing ridiculous, but just an actual little prize. And, yeah. I'm providing you marketing support already. See? That is awesome. A little... A little activation from yeah. the Ran Out of Talent Facebook page. There you page. go. Get some <laughs> listener engagement going. That, that would be really cool. <laughs> so anyways, uh, so I'd like to make a retraction from episode 17, and I did confirm this with Craig Kruger. Brian Bowman did not ditch his contract with Team Associated. He just chose not to renew it, and then he went with Team Serpent. But that's thank goodness I was losing sleep on that one. To I be know. honest. But I was looking forward to the uh, long drawn out proceedings on Core TV myself. That's <laughs> that's all I'm willing to retract out of anything from episode 17. Ditto. Also, though, in episode 17, a little kind of positive came out of it. Nate Jorant tried the front wing setup. And well, I I'm I asked asked him, you know, try with and without the front wing because I don't think it actually does something. He claims the front wing makes the buggy way more stable. And On what he, vehicle? The B six point one. He was specific with the Jcon wing. Oh yeah, that makes a huge difference. Does it? Oh yeah. Really? Uh, are you messing with me? No, no, not at all. Huh. I, I, I run one, but I, I, mean, I can't particularly tell you why. But. I I tell you what, it, there there isn't a like if you look at all the top off road drivers in the world, if they're doing something, yep, they're not doing it for no reason. There's usually you know fire when you're seeing that smoke. So is that the reason why no one's running the diffuser? Uh. 
on is there a diffuser that for rear, a car? the rear wing piece yeah jaycon made a diffuser about a year back yeah, that i can't understand how a diffuser would work on an rc car because you're not really relying upon you know ground effect to create the uh the, it's just an, an entirely different animal than where a vehicle that you'd see where a, a diffuser would work I, yeah. I can't imagine it would work on an off-road car. I don't see many full-scale off-road cars working on the floors of their of their vehicles. They're pretty raw and, and wild. Right. Well, yeah. I'm. I don't. I. I. That's. I. You know, being I'm, a as I've now learned, I guess I'm an on-road guy now. I mean, I've raced for the better part of three decades. Majority of it was off-road, but I'll admit I'm pretty much an on-road guy now. And I've looked at varying things that a person could do aerodynamically that might improve the the handling of an on-road car and there are some guys out there that have messed around with ground effect and diffusers and you know molding lexan floors to fit their touring cars and for an rs from an rc perspective i think it comes down to the fact that you're not trying to create more mechanical traction from downforce would just create the car would go into the ground and you would bottom out basically like you can uh, you can create that enough downforce and power through it with your motor um it's so, just not an efficient setup so yeah that's why diffuser won't work <laughs> diffuser is a is a an aesthetic uh enhancement i think for an rc car right right yeah, um, Jaycon makes a lot of money off of aesthetic enhancements, so I'm not surprised. Not all of it's bad, though. I mean, I got, I've got a lot of Jaycon on my current A scale buggy because I bought it from a Jaycon sponsored driver. Yeah. Did you see that bitch in Camaro that they released? This yes, weekend? I saw a picture of that. That was kind of cool. Oh my! Well, yeah, that was. I almost want to race oval, and Chris Martin has a super oval going right now. I just, ah, man, summertime isn't the right time for me to be indoors. I don't know. It isn't. You're preaching of a choir, a lot of, a lot of passion for dirt oval racing comes from people that have passion for the one-to-one version of yep. dirt oval racing. I know that I've raced... Um, a little bit of dirt oval and i used to before i got into off-road racing i used to do a ton of play driving at a local dirt oval track with a loose dirt sprint car yep and it's i mean 50 percent of it is because that's awesome it is super fun to wheel those cars with your friends in a play situation and a race situation but the other side of it is the scale i mean it it you know it 100 percent looks like a sprint car yeah so yeah that that stuff is badass but you know we play enough motor games with uh what we do now the oval guys are more ridiculous than all of us <laughs> yeah but they don't have to buy a set of tires every single time they race so that's kind of they that's might pretty cool at least the guys the guys the, down at tees the that's carpet what I'm guys most familiar do I with think. is racing down at tees yep and you can get a foam set of tires that'll last you eight nine ten twelve races down there which is pretty awesome yep yep so let's see here um man there's been a lot of off-road racing going on that i don't know eric probably doesn't care about at this point but uh 
Full Throttle had their first round of the Minnesota State Championship Series, whatever they're doing. Uh, I went, I was only able to stay for two rounds because I had an interview with uh, Keenan White from the No Name RC podcast. And um, it was, I was very shocked at how well the mini truggies handled that big track. You yeah. were there, Ryan. I, the only reason I wasn't shocked is because I had already heard good reports from there were a couple people that had them early enough last fall to yep. get them out on. I never heard any reports from FTR, but a couple people drove them at Rick's and they they told me how fantastic they were. So I was not surprised at all. Okay. Um, they had a, he had a great turnout to that race. There was like 80, 80 some entries. entries for that deal. Yeah, uh, one thing, the the only thing I would have changed, and I'm going to, th- this is a theme for Minnesota racing, get the race program moving. Same with, you know, I went to Shamrock on Saturday, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Get the program moving a little better, you know what I mean? Oh, and I, you know. I don't, I don't think he's going to have that kind of issue going forward. Um, I do have some results from there. Clay Cardaluca, yep. it was the first time he ever ran Shruggy. He played Alphabet Soup, came all the way from the bottom main, the last place in the bottom main, and ended up winning the A main. So that was awesome. Do you know why he was in the last place of the bottom main? I don't remember why he kept sucking it up and qualifying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd, he had he had issues, and yep. from what I understand, he didn't get it fixed for round two, so that put him in the bottom main, gotcha. and then he just crushed it from there. Uh, we call him the sheriff. So yeah. shout out to the sheriff, Clayton Cardaluca. That mustache. The sheriff. <laughs> Why do you call him the sheriff? I gotta know. It this. is. Uh, we had a, in a little private group that I'm part of. We had a contest to give him a nickname. Because one of my things when I do RC announcing is I, I try to get just about everybody on the track a, a fitting nickname. And You're like Bam he's, Bam. Yeah. He, he's, he's, rocking the, he's rocking this mustache right now that is fairly epic. It's almost Tom Selleck level Magnum PEI. And, uh, yeah, so we landed on the sheriff. Nice. I like it. Yep. And then... Uh... Other, res- other results from there, uh, Seth. Van Dalen won e-buggy by over a lap wow. on Kyle. So he crushed it in e-buggy. And then the word was, and I don't have a ton of info on it, but Seth's uh, running into a little bit of issue on fuel mileage right now. And I guess he ran out in the Nitro Buggy main. So Kyle wins the Nitro Buggy main. Seth finishes third, I oh. think, after either he either flamed out or he ran out. And I think he ran out. Okay, I I was gotta work there. on the lift and coast. Well, he he's so strapped. He he drives strapped a hundred percent of the time. I don't yep. know what the new mileage is with the motors. I'm gonna find out soon. So. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's super confident right now. So like, he's running it even more taped than usual. So 
Okay. And it looks like he might not have figured it out because if we move forward now to MNRC round one, something happened at in the, the Moto Dome. He, didn't, I, I don't think you ran out. Okay. So well, anyway, uh, congrats to to Kyle because, um, yeah, Kyle won Nitro Buggy over Seth again, so he's two and zero. So are we round one of FTR series and round one of MNRC. Are we jumping into the MNRC? Yeah, might as well. I think we've gone over pretty much everything that happened at FTR, unless you want to talk about the truggy stuff. Oh, uh, who won it? Who did? Who <laughs> did? <laughs> that race was so late. Here, let me, if you guys can talk amongst yourselves just for a couple seconds. Yeah. Oh, the sexy beast. So Sean Van Dalen takes the inaugural open four-wheel drive A-Main win. Nice. The FTR State Damp Series. Sam Sovacall, he got second with a four-wheel drive buggy. So yep. That's pretty impressive. He was racing against Truggies, and Ross Judnick got third. Nice. Um, so we'll go into MNRC round number one, which was last weekend. Aggravating in a few ways. Let's hear it. We moved the race from April to May because of the way. It's aggravating because there, there was nothing we could do about it. We moved the race from April to May because of the weather. That, that weekend and that weekend only, we were looking at 30 and 40 degree weather the whole weekend. <laughs> so nothing changed. Nothing. It was the same old, same old. Yep. I brought all kinds of S3 and MC tires with me and didn't even bust them out of the bag. Just stupid. Uh, not the, the track was good talk about the track so some parts of the track got packed differently than others um there's a section that i call the lollipop so you come around the front bend where the pit is and then you go up a hill around a loop that up a hill and around a, the loop got blown out within a couple hours of practice and I'm like, oh no, we're going to have a torch track situation. Um, but the track itself, I, I, I was, I was going to have to find a nice way to go on a rant if it would have ended up like um, Silver State. But that one section got blown out, but the rest of the track held together very well, in my opinion. It was and I'm guessing Go ahead. Uh, the difference being that guys like Chris Gosh and Trevor Johnson, they were going there every single night for two weeks and throwing water on the track. And as Corey pointed out in your previous podcast, Trevor didn't even race. Right. So that's a big bummer. tip of the cap to him. Yep. That is a bummer. And by the way, he did win a regional event, Trevor. Yeah, I knew I wasn't crazy. Nope. Nope. Yep. He, uh, Trevor posted the, the picture of the trophy on his, under the comments under the last episode. But yeah, it was, yeah, we walked in and the track was so wet. It was spongy. I'm like, no way this will dry out. And it, it was just so cold. It, it was horrible. It 
but the track for the most part held together very well the the badlands group the brainerd group they did a really good job building it they have ideas for the fall they might have to redo the whole thing there's some event planned there midsummer so they might just tear it apart so we might get a fresh layout for october but i don't know i'd like to say i am the highest finishing independent driver i finished 13th overall i'm ticked off because i knew if i didn't make that a main i wasn't gonna bump and i didn't bump <laughs> yeah you got fourth in your b main didn't you yeah i bq'd it and no yeah, you had a you had a lot of talent in that b main though if i remember oh yeah but it was came down to alec and i battling for that final spot in the a and alec just got me in the last qualifier but um it was the car was great i just i don't know too many mistakes you can't make mistakes with that level of group even in the b main it's a different yeah, it looks like a pretty solid group of drivers up there results wise josh ford wins the truggy a main over yep. tony slutton and i believe sean van dalen finished third in that one but i don't have that written down uh I, seth go seth ahead. doubles up in e-buggy again he it looks like he trounced him looks like he won by a lap yeah there no. as well e-buggy and the results kyle, kyle wins nitro buggy yep i don't so. know if the results are correct in e-buggy i know it was seth and kyle one and two it should be Alan yep. Smith, number three. Yep. Is it? it? It. They didn't fix it yet, but I know that they plan to. Okay. So he, he got confirmation that they're going to figure it out. Cool. They know that, that Al deserves that spot, and so they'll they'll fix whatever yeah. problem they're having with that scoring. And that's that actually leads me to something. I have a rant. What? Um, this is not new for having issues at the first round of an MNRC race with double main classes. So this type of thing has happened in Pro 4 and E-Buggy before. Yep. So my thing is, and I'll get back to this in a second, I think it should just be a single main. We've I've Not put... only because of those issues, yep. but the other thing it does is when you look at the bottom of the, the very last part of an MNRC day, yep. you've got... It's a back main to back e buggy to back going back. back to back with a main nitro buggy. I know, and you got to find, you you have to find marshals. No, I I agree, and I was I had it after the end of the weekend, and I put it to a vote on the committee member text thread. I'm like, hey, let's vote to make this a single main. No response, not from yeah. one committee member. They don't want to get the backlash from the main and then Corey responded yeah Corey finally responded let me try to fix the situation first so at least Corey responded yeah but i yeah, know, know they all got my they've, text they've figured it out in the past but it's just this doesn't have to be an issue there's there's really there's really no reason that that class needs to be two mains uh yeah um it's i think the whole whole 
ton of runtime deal. I think that's all going out the window because all the guys, like you said, in the e buggy A main just ran 30 minutes of nitro. Right. So, um, yeah, but it was. It, I'll provide a counterpoint if you don't mind. Go for it. Please. If I was attending an MNRC race and running electric buggy, I would not want to stay overnight, probably at some sort of hotel because I do not own an RV and wait around all day just to run a 10 minute race. That is also true. Um, Absolutely. So, is that why? So, then the AA main thing is that more attractive to you? But isn't they're only really attractive to one guy? Like like Steve Nelson, he'll come up and he'll endure it a couple times a year. But yep. even he can't make it through a whole weekend just running e buggy. He doesn't like doing it. So Nor should he. I mean that's a lot of waiting around for one class. It is. It is. Well for the guys for the I'd say for the majority of e buggy drivers, at least when we're talking about A man guys, yep. they're pretty much they're pretty much getting drive time and testing tires yep. in that class. Sure. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, there is there is a group of people, like Eric says, so they just run the... Um, the person who bought Eric's buggy, um, Dolan, last name. It was Mike and James Dolan. Which one's the kid? James. I don't have that one figured out. Yeah. Yeah. J- yeah. James... Uh, Stuck that thing in the A main, bumping up, but he was only running e buggy the whole weekend, and that would have, I think, I'm trying to think of the class order. I believe e buggy A one had to marshal. No, they. Hmm. I can't remember who they had. E buggy A one was followed by Truggy. Yeah, so they had to marshal a 30-minute race. And Mini right. Truggy had to marshal a 30-minute race also, which I yep. I had no problem with that myself. For some people, though. I don't have though, a problem with either because you, if you showed up with an electric vehicle, you showed up to the Minnesota Nitro Series. Right. With an electric car. Right. So. I thought it was the Minnesota RC Series. No. It's. Well, just in my in my heart, it's still the Minnesota. Nitro oh, I, I agree. That's what I call it as well. <laughs> I believe there yep. was a distinct marketing effort a few years back to try to make it less yeah. inclusive. Yeah, exclusive. it didn't. It didn't. I mean, it's still the we just call it the MNRC, but it's Nitro. Nitro is actually the Nitro's the king in that series right now for some reason e-buggy didn't show up at the first round we had about the same amount of number of nitro buggy and truggy we had 20 open four-wheel drive vehicles 14 of them were mini truggies but we only had that things fluctuate yeah no i agree but i thought we'd have 50 e-buggies that was my thought. So, we'll see what happens with round two at Loose Nuts. So they, I think people are just starting to see how much fun folks are having with well, their nitro buggies. Still, yeah, it, it is fun. 
guys like Eric and Steve, they got burnt out on it a while ago, didn't you, Eric? I hate nitro racing. You were good <laughs> at it, though. I, is that blunt enough for you? No, that's yeah, that uh, that's great. I mean, be I honest. I could go into a rambling dissertation as to the reasons why, but I don't think any of your listeners want to hear that. No, well, I mean, it's the maintenance is a son of a bitch. The fumes. I mean, the first and foremost reason, like, okay, so let me let me clear the air here. I listened to your episode last week, yep. and you had, you had made some allusion towards my coming to a race and leaving early. Yep. Um, and you said that you said something about the fact that I don't like weekend racing, and that I like. I'm never going to become a pro or something like that. And I just wanted to well, no. comment on that. Yeah, say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Say, not at one point in any time in my life did I ever have the aspiration to become a professional RC driver. That is not something that has ever even remotely crossed my mind. I bet it has. So I, I, I will offer that right now as, as my first statement. Okay. <laughs> that, that has never been a goal of mine. Okay. Um, and secondly, the reason that I just can't get into these minnesota nitro series weekends and and i've been going to them as long as anybody i'm i was there the first year that we were having them you know right. way back when um it's a different it requires a different mentality a different approach it requires you to extract a different type of enjoyment out of the hobby than what i'm used to uh getting i i like rc for a myriad of reasons and others like RC for a bunch of other reasons. And we can all find many different ways to enjoy the hobby, which is why the hobby is so great. There's so many different ways to enjoy it. There's so many different levels at which you can enjoy it. You know, there's no other form of motorsport where a 10 year old kid could sign up and run against somebody that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year, make uh, driving RC cars for a living and has won multiple world championships. Right. You can't do that. You can't, you know, I can't go sign up for the Monaco grand prix and, you know, race against Lewis Hamilton. That's not something that is available to me, but this sport you can, that's why it's so great. Yep. So there's my point is there's many different ways that a person can have fun and sitting at a track that's dirty and dusty and loud and requires you to have some form of temporary lodging, preferably near the track, uh, requires you to have a pit guy or some network of people that you know well enough to feel comfortable with burdening to help you do uh, you know, an hour-long main. All of that stuff just is not my jam. No. And that is why I cannot do those Minnesota Nitro Series weekends. Hey. As far as a one-day thing, like with a nitro car, if there was a uh, a steady one-day race series that ran ten-minute mains, where I could make a fuel, you know, one tank of fuel or whatever in a nitro car, yep, that guy'd probably be out there running. Because when I'm on the track with the car, yep, yeah, it's it's fun as hell. But it's all the other stuff that goes along with it that just makes it just not possible for me to deal with. One thing quick. So last week I listened, re-listened to that podcast. I, I listened to all of them real quick. I listened to them on times two speed. And then I heard what I said about you not wanting to become a pro. I'm like, I don't remember saying that. This is going to come back to bite me in the ass somewhere <laughs> or another. <laughs> I don't 
think it's biting your ass. I, I no, it's I don't not. Care. I, I just, I just wanted to clear the air and be like, whoa, that's not any reason why I ever. I, that has never affected my approach to anything. Yeah, uh, I I thought um, a little bit of burnout might have had something to do with it too, because. I don't know. In my, from what I saw at the end of the state champs, on road state champs, you seem like you started out having fun and then you weren't at the well, end. I, I had a I had a great time up until my car broke the warm up lap before the main and I didn't get to run my main. That so, is aggravating. I mean that that would aggravate anybody. I thank you. You know, stay yeah. around the race, your main, and then you can't do it. That's exactly why I hate nitro racing. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I'd go to the the Nitro series and you know take off of work, go there on Friday, turn laps, spend all day out there sweating and getting filthy, qualifying, sleeping in the back of my truck, running, waiting around on Sunday, and then you know something breaks and it's like wow, yeah, all that, and now I got to go back to work in a couple hours. Yeah, that is understandable. Um. Let's see. I think that's all I had for round one. Round two is going to be a I loose. do have to circle back to something there real quick. Go ahead. Um, because it's a, it's a shared interest between you and I. The four-wheel drive 110 open class. Sean Van Dalen, you're in it. You get fifth place. Sean Van Dalen beats his son, Zach, by yeah. 0.8 seconds. And they were swapping positions the last few laps of the race. Dude. Were you privy to any of that? I wanted I to pull. Driving, but... I wanted to pull over and watch. <laughs> yeah, but really, is so... this a truggy class or like actual mini truggy? Four-wheel drive buggies? So what a, scale, so four-wheel, so four-wheel drive open is what you guys are also calling the truggy class, the mini truggy class. It's gonna be the mini truggy class. We're just allowing the remaining pro fours and what have you to run in it with us. Gotcha. Um, a mini truggy is. It's different. It doesn't drive like a truggy. If it drove like a truggy, I would have sold mine down the river a long time ago. It has the stability and the grip and the jumping of a stadium truck, but it has the speed and the pull of a four-wheel drive buggy. Makes sense. I love it. It's got bigger, yeah, it's got bigger wheels, you know, rolls over more. You can make more mistakes with it than you can four-wheel drive buggy. It's um, it's pretty great. What what it isn't, though, is it's not a direct replacement for Pro 4 for mm. some people. Right. And I think I think some people are going to struggle because they are going to break their truggy. Yes. Because it doesn't hold up like a Pro 4. It's not a full-bodied car. Yeah, you're you not landed on your corners you can't land on your corners or you'll die <laughs> type situation but anyway yeah 0.8 seconds sean van dalen zach van dalen how awesome is that for the debut of the class what's funny is so zach he's been turning it up lately and he was faster the first two rounds with his mini truggy than he was his nitro buggy <laughs> So, no, that's, that is definitely Zach's class to shine in for sure. Um, let's see. Loose Nuts expanded their driver's stand, so it won't be so damn cramped up there. Uh, Have they built a roof on it yet? No, I don't think so. Well, I, I haven't, 
I don't know if that was a fully finished product that I saw, but um, so something came up that was a little silly to me. <sighs> Too many serpent drivers have been making unnecessary noise lately. Careful, you might have to offer a retraction next week. I'm not. <laughs> it's just going to become a weekly a weekly part of our episode. I'm not, because <laughs> I stayed silent on Facebook for the most part. I think I made one smart-ass comment. But tech at club races. First off, let me say, if you're intentionally cheating at a club race... You're a filthy scumbag. You're the lowest to the low. If you're cheating at a club race, congratulations, man. Yeah. You deserve it. Yeah. If you're I'll cheating at a trophy race. Because I'm afraid Same difference. Well, the thing is, Ryan, you're right if you're cheating at a trophy race. Because people, people do try to push the limits a little farther. Um, like a first day, like a Friday practice day, most of my time is spent, not most of my time, but before I walk out to practice on the track, I'm checking my battery on their voltage gauge, getting it to their max, as close as possible to their maximum without going over. That can be understandable. If somebody, That's motorsport. That happens everywhere. Right. You, we wouldn't be racing if we weren't pushing the limits. Right. Yeah, yeah, do do everything you possibly can do within the rule book. Right. But now somebody on a happy post about Dollar Hobby running off, off-road, somebody goes, oh, you better start teching at club races. It's like, way to wreck the vibe, dude. <laughs> but Eric had something to say about it. It was pretty good. I don't know. I mean, I think that that, that yeah, well, I, I mean, okay, let's just boil it down to the in most simplistic terms here. Running technical inspection at a club race. So regardless of whatever data you may have or think you have or whatever you've seen on the track, however necessary you think it might be, like, let's just put all that aside for one second. And tell me who the hell is going to run this tech. Because you can't even find somebody to run races for any extended period of time in this hobby. How how are we going to add in someone running technical inspection on top of that? That's like right. saying, you know, I, we're in the RC hobby and we want to we race. So we need to build a track. But, you know, we need to really worry about hosting the IFMAR Worlds as well. I mean, it's like, whoa, 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 Let, like, let's walk before we run here. You know, if Dollar yeah. Hobbies proves to and be I'd... a place that has a race director that just loves their life after a couple years of race directing, and there's just people standing around like, how can I help? What can I do? You know, I want to be a race director. Okay, well, you've got to serve in tech for a year. Then, you know, if those resources become available, great, do it. But people get so concerned about you know, the end state of a perfect world when it's like, come on, let's think about the logistics of trying to deploy something like running tech at a club race. I have my perfect yep. rebuttal to I that. Think it, I think it comes from racers, too, that they are, 
have, they, they travel around, they race a ton, but they haven't had the experience of running or even just running an individual race. Doing that by yourself is a huge undertaking. And as Joe alluded to earlier, you don't get paid that well for it. No. If you can advocate for yourself, you can get paid a lot better than what some of these people right. around the region are getting paid to race direct. You know, you can know your worth and demand it, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's not a super desirable position. But if you haven't walked in those shoes, then you, you don't really know what it's like to, to run a race and, yet. And you're talking about being an RD, which, you know... Yeah, not paid well, but at least you might have some people being like, oh, great job. You know, you did a great job announcing, oh, really love running your races. You keep a tight ship. You don't keep show on the road. But uh, I don't think anybody's going around giving the uh, tech crew a pat on the back, talking about how they did an excellent <laughs> job of weighing your car. I don't think I've ever battery seen Battery voltage. Uh, yeah. I mean, the guy in Duluth has got to drink all day long in order to get through that task. Yeah. <laughs> he do, he has to do that to get through everyday life though let's not let's not beat around the bush there yeah no it's it's something that shouldn't have ever come up i don't think yeah i don't know we did it one because... time i don't know if you were at the round of at the 510 where we did some basic tech we did weight and voltage at the 510 for one of the rounds and we were already struggling to get those 510 trophy races in in a reasonable amount of time and then we added tech on top of it and that was a disaster everybody was pissed off right. at that race yeah no. i think that uh brian post uh whoever wrote the dollar hobbies post regarding what their plan was going to be moving forward pretty much nailed it right on the head um you know Spirit of the rules, like don't oh, yeah. be a dumbass. Follow yep. the rules, and if there's if you have concern, bring it to the race director, and they, at their discretion, can decide to inspect or enforce whatever rules they they need to. And I, I just I think that's a completely reasonable approach for you know a weekly club race that takes four or five hours that nobody remembers two hours later, and right. it's just lost history. You know, within hours of its completion, like it doesn't need to be overcomplicated all that's going to do is drive people away and Dude. create drama and it's just not necessary imagine a 12 year old kid there with this slash that accidentally slightly overcharges batteries telling him you know you have to dump your battery a little bit or you can't race yeah and he's going to go out and crash seven times per lap yeah well but and then there and there you have it too like even the top guys like if you really if you really think that somebody out there is exploiting the rules to gain an advantage and that alone is preventing you from being able to beat them, like if you're putting together inch perfect runs down to the tenth of a second and you're getting beat by that battery that came up to the track and was put down at the time of the race start at 105 degrees instead of 72 degrees, if you're getting beat by that, man, I don't know. I yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> if that's what's be, if that's how you're getting beat, then yeah, I don't know. And that, well, run and mob at, then. The, at the root of it too. Like you know, Tor isn't getting beat in very many races. You know, Tor Tor's a fantastic driver. I don't think he ever gets beat by somebody that would cheat. But I do. I understand where he's coming from. I think maybe it was maybe it was just a little misguided. 
I've know, raced before for a long time. I know exactly where he's coming from. Yep. I wasn't surprised at all by this line of commentary. Nope. Not surprised he's a serpent driver also. What? When did that happen? That happened. So remember when Brian Bowman went on a blocking spree on Facebook? I, did, I, don't, I don't know who we're talking about. Yeah. That's, I'm well, not familiar with that name. Anyways, he uh, blocked Tor and then sponsored him. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that. I, I thought Tor was still a Yokomo guy. Nope. Um, but no, I have the perfect rebuttal to all of this. Yesterday at Shamrock, I was announcing the main. Craig Kruger got his fastest lap of the main on the last lap. When everything's hot and drained it's an eight minute main too so the batteries were weak so yeah tech on a especially a small track like that it's not going to do you any good sure so, yeah Shamrock i got had the, two races now yep hold on Joe eric uh, senior got fourth right yeah hold on one sec uh eric what do you think about yeah. uh, Shamrock's off-road gig? Are you thinking about off-road again with the carpet? Uh, it's it's awfully appealing if, you know, a guy had a bunch of extra weekends in their summer to just do whatever they'd like. I would be all about going, but yeah, I don't know, man. There's just not enough time. I know. If, if that place existed anywhere closer to the metro it would shred yeah everybody would want to race i you know in my opinion anybody that's attracted to carpet or turf would want to race there right um is your uh ryan is your buggy set up for the rug right now <laughs> no still I haven't not touched anything in over a month i got ryan's messy rc room is in complete disarray between the Kinwald car, uh, the I was up at FTR, and uh, my two Hey, Ryan. Hold on, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan. The garage Ryan. with the wheel off. Ryan, you're breaking up a little bit. Okay. How about now? All right. You're all right. Because I'm looking, and my Wi-Fi has full bars, so. Um, Lesson learned. I can't get out of my seat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in podcast jail. Yep. Um, yeah, I converted my B6.1 back to stock setup, basically. That was a lot of work. I should have just built another car. If I had the money, I would have just built another car. It would have been <laughs> way less work. Uh, I don't have any good excuses. My swap takes me about two hours. Um... I just haven't done it yet. This is this is the time of year where if I'm not injured, yep. I, I taper off on the RC stuff and I get into my bicycles. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Um, yeah, also, um, speaking of uh, Craig Kruger winning yesterday, we had Shamrock. Oh, man. So we start out, I have the worst qualifier I've had in... 10 years. I crash every lap multiple times for the first 12 laps. Second round, so I'm in the C heat, we'll call it. 
of stock buggy. I didn't bring my mini truggy out there. It would have been way too much work. So I'm flirting with the TQ run. I'm splitting John Shore and Craig Krueger. I crash a couple times. I end up, but it would have it would have been enough to put me in the A main. Twenty seconds left to go in the qualifier. No warning whatsoever. Windows is updating, shutting down. Oh. The computer shut off. So then it's like, all right, we'll rerun it. So the we run at the end of the round then. And I'm having an okay run, but my car feels re- starting to feel sketch. I'm like, whatever. I I try to but put in the A. I just couldn't do it. I keep crashing on what they call the waterfall. In my opinion, the only thing that needs to be changed on that track. Keep crashing on it. Slow marshals. Seven plus seconds each time. Because it's hard to marshal. It's not the marshal's fault. It's hard to marshal on it. Because what the waterfall is, is it goes up a trailer and down a trailer. And on the down section, it's all uneven. So, crash on that twice. Didn't make the A. BQ it. I start the race. I'm sliding. Sliding on AstroTurf. I end up finishing fourth in the B because I had zero grip. But, uh, yeah, Senior put it in the A, and he put it all the way up to fourth. And I think it was Randy Anger third, uh, John Shore second, and uh, Craig Kruger comes home with the win with the Associated. So Yeah, and I think, I think they're going to start picking up steam after this holiday weekend. So I mean a lot I think a lot of RC racers were doing other stuff right this weekend and Shamrock probably starts to pick up steam here yep. after that. Yep. Their next race. If, if summer ever arrives. Yeah, that's the thing. It's <laughs> dude beautiful yesterday and it was fifty degrees and rain and like a son of a bitch today. I mean what do you I do? tried to go I tried to go outside today. I went into Home Depot and I came back to the car and I was like you know, it'd be easier to navigate a blizzard right now. Right. It was a type of rain where it was just permeated every square inch of atmosphere around you. Like I had an umbrella, it didn't matter. I still soaked. I know. I know. The wind was ridiculous. And it, it did it did that last week too. And somehow Rick's Rick's was still able to get a race in. Yeah. I don't know. It's <sighs> I wish I could get the wife to move. I would move to Texas in a heartbeat. I could find my garbage job anywhere in this country and make what I'm making. And Beth works from home. And one of her main warehouses that she dispatches to is in Texas. I would love to live in Texas just to get rid of this weather. But takes a special kind of idiot to stick around here for a lifetime. And you're talking to one of them. Me too. I don't. I'm kind of shocked you're still here, Eric. I thought you and Steph would have packed up and moved a long time ago. Yeah, well, you know, I got family here, so. So do I, but they'd understand. 
um, Dollar Hobbies did uh, finally, you know, a year and change later, finally got their off-road stuff going. It looks um, good. Oh, the track looks beautiful. Yeah. You know what I love about great. it the most? And yeah, what? I love that the racing surface is all one carpet. It's yeah, it's huge. I don't, I don't. I actually don't like that. I love but it. I'm, I'm I, I think it's huge. I, I ran at uh, I ran at uh, Thunder Road not last winter, but the previous winter, and yeah. you know, spent hundreds of dollars on tires trying to find the fastest thing, and it ended up being you know one or two run tires in the mod class because of the multi surface, right. But if it was all black carpet, you could have ran the tires down way further. It was that time where you had to accelerate on the varied surface that uh, really threw that out of whack. And the early reports that I hear from my, you know, people that I know that went down there and ran is that uh, tire wear is awesome because of the fact that it's all the same surface and you can set it up for that. And when the tire wears down, it's you know, it's creating linear traction all over the place because it's not going from a tight nap to a plastic grass or you know some other random thing so yeah i think you know yeah it's maybe not as challenging but from a tire wear perspective it definitely sounds like it's uh it's working pretty good and that's why i'm looking yep. at to ryan it's not even yeah it's, it's, that's it's all funny. the the aesthetics are great it, it looks fabulous the the red sides on the jumps and the the tape at the apexes yep. looks fantastic they had a c main in two-wheel drive buggy for their first Sunday event. they've uh, I think they've had two events so far. Craig Kruger's got a win. Torot has a win. So fast guys are showing up to race, and yep. I think they're going to pick up steam here too. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Um, I, I'm willing to bring my buggy there. What's great about, and I hate to sound like an associated shill because, again, I'm an independent racer. All I had to do with the B6.1 for Shamrock was set it up box stock, except the shock oil's different, 32.5 in the rear, 37.5 in the front, and a brass bulkhead. And then the car is great. Well, I'm glad you're here to do a commercial for them because they don't have nearly enough drivers <laughs> in this region. I mean, yeah, no, I know. But I'm just happy with how all my stuff's working. It's been a long time since yeah, I've had perfect. multiple working vehicles. I mean, I struggled so bad last year with that Mugen, and that that was just a struggle on my end because that car has won a world championship. So I believe it has. I think it has. I don't know. What car? The Mugen MBX-8. Is that what uh, Battier won with in 2012? No, this car was a 2018 car. I don't know. But yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. I was... Uh, so, what's funny is... So I made a... I was talking to Keenan on his podcast. I'm like... I have this Mugen MBX-8 sitting right here, albeit it's in pieces right now, but I'm going to clean it up, finish it, get it ready to sell. And you know what? This car is going to have a sliding scale on price. 
kid under the age of 13 wants it, I'll sell it to him for 100 bucks plus shipping. Uh, kid 13 to 16, 150 bucks plus shipping, and over 16, 200 bucks. So I had one, I, I had people PM me about it, which I, I really, I, I wanted to give the concept on his podcast, but I don't want to make like a, make it sound like a classified for sale thing. But I'm like, hey, sell it to the young kids for a couple bucks cheaper because they're the future in this. And, but, well, guys got a wind of it. One guy's like, hey, let me ask my son. I think this is a great idea. And then his son didn't want to run Nitro. That's cool. Another guy PM'd me and tried lowballing me like a scumbag. My seven-year-old wants to get into A-scale racing, but I'm only willing to spend $75 on that buggy. Go fornicate yourself with a nightstick. Absolutely. That sounds fun. Yeah, especially with all the goodies that comes with it. <laughs> that's not what I was talking about, but uh, I think that's a good plan. I When I trade, sell, do whatever with used stuff, and like for my example, it would be guns, because you have to be a little more careful. Right. That kind of thing. I establish a price that I'm willing to sell it for before I ever leave my house, and... If you waste my time one second by trying to offer me less, I get back in my car and I drive away. Right. So. Oh, what do you think of that idea? Yeah, that's cool. Eric, what do you think of that idea? Just a kind of a slot, because really for your used stuff, you shouldn't be, I mean, yeah, get as much as you can, but you should, I think you should always give a kid a break. I mean. I've, I've. I've offered things on RC Tech for sale for a price and then a different price if you're a young kid who doesn't have a bunch of parental support because that's where I was as a kid. So right. absolutely, I've advertised my stuff that way. And then I've had people say like, well, hey, can't you, can't you sell it to me for this instead? And it's like, well, I'm trying to help a kid out here. Yeah. I don't know. I, absolutely. I always have a soft spot for the kids that are you know trying to find their way in the sport and hmm. Maybe don't have uh, tons of money coming from the parents to help support them. Right. I mean, I just... I, I, could, I could probably have an entire podcast about how this sport is way harder for kids to get into in 2018 than it was, you know, 2019. Whatever the hell year it is right yeah. now. It's yeah. way harder to get into now than it used to be. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's... And, I don't... It, a lot of it is... It almost requires a parent now. I mean, I just, I don't even see how it would be possible to do it without, you know, having your dad at the track with you. Saturday, I saw three kids get bored on the driver's stand, and my son was one of them. <laughs> Eric, do you ever remember getting bored on the driver's stand? No, I can't say that I, that I can, but I was also there entirely of my own volition. That's true, but when I was a kid with senior there, I was always having the time of my life. I just think, yeah, mm. I think you were born with some of that racer in you, though, because you, like myself, have you know scratched the racing itch outside of RC. You've done other things that involve racing, and then beyond that, just competition. 
too. Right, but think so, think about this. I don't want to sound like that crotchety old bastard, but I'm gonna. Please do. All those kids in the pits that were bored or whatever, they all had tablets or Nintendo Switches and whatever. We're surrounded by tennis courts, soccer fields, all kinds of stuff, but they're sitting on their damn tablets. My yeah. daughter is reading a book, which it's such a good thing, but I kind of want to, you're not, you shouldn't be allowed to read a book at the RC track, but <laughs> it's like, how dare you try to educate yourself at the RC <laughs> no track? No books allowed I'm, here. I'm, I'm better with her being lost in literature. Yeah. <laughs> better with her being lost in literature than, yeah, the tablet thing. The tablet thing drives me nuts. It's, it's, it's parent, and I, now well, it's hard for me to criticize because I'm not a parent, but I believe when you see it in those situations, it's parents being lazy because that tablet is doing the babysitting for them. I'll be honest. So my kids are allowed their tablet one day a week, usually. They're allowed their tablet Sundays unless I bring them to the track. Then they're allowed that tablet on the track day because you're 100% correct. It's a damn babysitter while i wrench my stuff and while i wrench joey's stuff joey is occupied does that make yeah and if i can back up for a second it you know it doesn't disgust me at the race no track. It's, it's fine the, it's, fi- it's the kids it. that are walking around seven days a week glued to them yeah no my my kids we were having a serious issue with it so we just allowed it one day a week. We charge it for them once, and once that day's done, that's all they get. So kudos to you. But and again, though, a race day for me is different because I'm I am a little not, not lazy. Um, when I'm wrenching multiple vehicles, I have a shorter fuse. It's like you. When I'm fixing two vehicles and you try to talk to me, I can be the biggest jerk you've ever met. Because it's like, what do you want? I'm busy. Fucking leave me alone type thing. And so that's why I do it. I don't know. But, yeah, I kind of went off. Uh, I, I think that the tablet just... I think racing, it's hard to compete. We've gone through a one-way door. Um, attention spans will, will never in the history of mankind be as long as they used to be. Right. There's no putting that back in the can. Nope. I was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of this. So uh, last night, I was at a friend's house in Fridley, and we're digging private BMX trails there. Yep. So we're digging trails in his yard. We were digging until 2 a.m. And at one point, I uh, I saw something moving on the ground. And I'm not shitting you guys. I stopped and I watched this weird insect that I had never seen before for about 10 to 15 minutes. You know, he was moving very slowly through the yard. And that caught my attention for 15 minutes. And I was actually impressed with myself for yeah. being able to focus on that for that long. I wasn't even high. I was just going to ask you, were you on sativa or indica? (laughs) I was on pure adrenaline, man. 
living that BMX life. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what else do we? I got some other things here. Um, Ronald Falk leaves JCon. People are speculating it's because of the RCGP, the race at the RCGP. Did you see what happened with them? Yeah, I don't think it's even a question. I, I think that I think that's probably more. You know, I used this phrase earlier, the straw that broke the camel's back. But, um, you know, Ed, he's a European guy. It's probably tough, uh, tougher being supported by I, a guy in Florida that's not there with you all the time. I, I don't think J-Con has a proper rim. I think they have the proper rubber because everybody's like, oh, he was running hot race tires in Max Mort. Um, corrected everybody and goes, no, he was running J-Con rubber on hot race rims. And I think the, uh, my guess is the J-Con rims blew, uh, is what blew the, uh, rubber off the rim is my guess. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, there's a little speculation going on there. Um, so there were two alleged big races this weekend, but we had bigger club racing in Minnesota. So we had a the Reedy race. So do you guys now think that should yourself. Reedy on road race? Do you guys think that should still be called a Reedy race? I can't Why say not? that I care. I mean. I mean, what would your argument be for not calling it that? It uses the Reedy Race format. You're right, but only 24 entries? That's a bit weak. In well, that's invite for the invite class. class. That's, right? that's what all invite classes. I mean, Except they have they 30 even, at the most. If you look at the entries, though, they weren't even able to fill yeah. that invite class. Yeah, it was 22. Not that's 24. not unprecedented, and I don't think they've been able to fill the invite class at the off-road race in years either. So okay, okay. yeah, and then um, I'm not going to give Alex or any of those guys a hard time because it's a cool-looking race. They had um, a JCon oval race at the Hobbyplex, and I just think it's the wrong time of the year for indoor oval. The track looked amazing. Jason debuted that Camaro body. Everything looked awesome. Just 39 entries. That's all they could for a J-Con race. That's a little bit low. Yeah, those guys pretty much follow the on-road skit. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, I I just, you know, starting a a race or, you know, doing something new is tough. And I will say that as just a random spectator that scrolls through Facebook, I did stop and consume maybe 30 seconds to a minute of the coverage of the oval thing just because it was like, what the heck's this about? And I think that if they can get everybody to do that yeah. with this endeavor, then it's probably a success, and you can't really judge whether it was a a success or a failure until you know they have another one and another one and another one, and they're right. getting 20 entries or something like that. Right. I'm just a little bummed that, I mean... There are a lot of local well, guys I mean, that race. It, it, is, it is kind of the wrong time of year for that. The The dirt oval schedule kind of mimics on-road yep. as far as popularity. It is a winter activity. Right, right. Traditionally. Um, yeah. 
Team Associated came out with Element RC. That was pretty cool. Yeah, the Enduro Trail Truck. Yeah. I'm going to get one. I'm thinking about it. I, I really am. It's I have an axial here, uh, SCX-10 Deadbolt that I bought Joey for his third birthday. That thing's a piece of shit in comparison to the new Associated, and they're about the same price. Yeah, well, their map is three fifty. That's that's really good pricing for an out the door, ready to go, nice trail truck. Oh, for sure. Um, I'll admit, as a as a hardcore racer that really wants nothing to do with an RC car, unless I'm driving around a track with a transponder and I'm being timed against some other people, um, I never understood the appeal of rock crawling or anything like that. But then I drove Steve Nelson's rock crawler up at our buddy Chad's uh, land Wait, up in I, I what's that? Back up, I ain't no Steve at a rock crawler. He does have a rock crawler. Yeah. And we were hanging around by the bonfire and having some beers and he broke out the rock crawler and we started messing around with it and my idea has forever changed of the rock crawler because that was surprisingly fun. So well, you shout did out it. to all you rock crawler guys. I yeah. I get it. Yeah, you did it in the proper way, too, though. Um, the couple of times I went crawling was with my good friend, uh, Tony, on the Crow River on the riverbank. And then we had a ton of fun. And I tried rock crawling alone. It was not fun. It's one of those things, so... I no, I think it's yeah, I think I, it's a community hobby for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we were getting a lot of the fun from it as like, all right, we gotta see if we can crawl up this series of rocks and then okay, you flip the truck right. over, pass the radio to the next guy, and you grab your beer and then watch him do it. And then he fails, I'll pass the radio to the next guy, and then you grab a beer and it's just kind of a definitely a, a different vibe, but I dig it. Uh, yeah, I really like the way they're doing it. Um they came they're out. super late to the game. They but are. It looks like they're going about it in the right way. Yep. Uh, do you see the box folds out into a little garage? <laughs> yeah, garage. I, I, didn't I really see that. thought their I thought their reveal was pretty pretty clever that where they kind of did a build up like and acted like it was real life or something like yeah. oh the the springs have arrived. You know, we're gonna what are we gonna do next? Yep. <laughs> and and they, I feel I thought they were going to follow through the whole time. I, like I was like they're going to build this whole truck and reveal it like they're building it up in this fake shop. Yeah. And then I think I, just just knowing how that stuff works behind the scenes, I'm willing to bet that the truck was leaked so then they had to release the whole bit all the info before they got done pushing out their one piece at a time reveal. Yep. It it, it had it, to. it it smelled an awful lot like, oh crap, somebody's got pictures out there already. We need to release this information now or it's it's not gonna be ideal. Yep. He said so uh the dude was on Radio Impound Podcast. And Brad Keck. Yep. Are you talking about? Yeah. He said uh he said nothing was leaked, allegedly, but he said it was tough because he said they'd have to take it from the second floor to the floor to the first floor, and they'd have to call down to make sure nobody was down there. Type thing. They had to make sure the coast was clear. 
all that stuff. It was way more top secret than I ever would have thought from the way he made it sound. But I think you're right. I think somebody internally might have. Might have no, no, I mean like it leaked because actually I think it was at some event because I saw Charlie Swanka posted pictures of it. So, I mean, the thing had kind of broke cover out in a while. And I think yeah. People were, were snapping pictures of it and maybe they weren't planning on that happening. Or I don't know. Yeah. I don't Either know way, I... it was uh, kind of a cool reveal. Yeah, right. I was I was waiting for it to hold, to be all built up piece by piece, but I guess it uh, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, I like the scale palette they had. They're putting all their parts <laughs> on. Yeah. They've got a loyal loyal fan base, so I mean, I, I like their chances. Yeah, I'm excited for it, and maybe some of this money will leak on to the racing side, and if they're smart, it won't. Maybe it will. And we'll see some new innovative stuff on on the racing side. One thing that was interesting, the Brad Geck was on Radio Impound. He goes, we could build the best buggy in the world tomorrow, but it'd cost you 2000 bucks. And would a racer be willing to pay 2000 bucks for a roller? And I'm at work raising my hand going, hell yeah, I would love, if it's the best, if it's the absolute best, and it's going to stay the best for two years, I would spend 2000 bucks on a buggy. All no, day. That would be, all of that price increase would be from materials it's made out of, not geometry. Yeah, I know, that's what he was saying. But, I mean... Yeah, that was, that's another one people have to go back and listen to is the uh, Radio Impound podcast. They didn't talk about the NBA Finals too much. And that's one thing. I don't know. Eric, you're a sports fan. I don't get it. You actually might like that talk they do in the beginning of theirs. I don't I'm know. I'm a sports really, fan too, but I... I can't stand basketball. So that, that the beginning of that show drives me freaking nuts. I want a timestamp of when they get past Jordan and LeBron and any other NBA people. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Eric. What what was your uh, thought on that? Oh, I just was going to say that I think I remember trying to listen to it one time, and uh, they were talking about wrestling or something, and oh. I just I couldn't do it. No. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, I was a wrestling. If I want to listen about, if I want to listen to sports talk radio, I'll listen to sports talk radio. But that's not why I tune into the RC podcast. Exactly. Um, have you checked out uh, the No Name RC podcast yet, Eric? I have not. That's. I'm a loyal, ran out of talent listener. It's the only RC podcast I listen to. Oh man! Hey-o. Yeah, that's awesome. But I'm telling you, you might not care because it's. All it's mostly a scale stuff, but um, yeah, I guess at this point in my life, I probably wouldn't care then. But he's <laughs> he's had awesome guests. He's not lame with the guests. He doesn't ask the stupid softball questions. He has JQ on every week for a couple of segments. There's the JQ. Oh rant. It's pretty good. There's a JQ rant where they have that. Um, 
Florida redneck guy Jeff Keaton on there ranting with them. They get into some pretty good stuff. I don't know. Yeah, those guys had quite the epic Facebook battling going on over the last couple of weeks too. I saw. I'm sure they're all RCGP. It is. It's the future, and people don't want to accept it. Things have been the same for so long that it's hard to change. But a change needs to happen. No. Everyone know. I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's... I... IFMAR is such a broken concept, yet nobody will move away from it. Like, has yeah, why are we still doing it locally? Because we have. A, why are we not doing head stuff? Why are we not? I, I mean, I was thinking on a larger scale, like IFMAR, sure. the entity that crowns you know world champions and and oh, I got acts you. as a father figure to the sanctioning bodies. I, I mean, I remember at. The 2012 A-Scale Nitro Worlds, an event that was a disaster by pretty much every measure that you could come up with, um, the manufacturers all huddled together in a conference room during that event and basically talked about, like, what, are we, what can we do differently here? Like, this is not... If Mar held this race in like a third world country where we were like paying bribes to the yeah. the airport security in order to get RC equipment in and like it, it was just it was there was nobody there there was no local racers racing it was just held in this remote area where no eyes were on it there was no internet that worked so we could barely get live RC to work yep and you know the the manufacturers have have always been aware of the shortcomings of the the mainstream sanctioning bodies and have always talked about, you know, from what I've heard, they've always talked about like, yeah, we need to do something different. We need to, you know, please somebody, somebody put on, you know, a, a nationwide series and, you know, but it's like until somebody has the guts to divert resources from what's already established into something else, then it'll never change because it's not like Associated or TLR or whatever race team has enough money to just be like, you know, well, we're going to, they're not going to be like, well, we can do both of these race series this year. Right. Cause they, they, they don't have the budget to just be like, we have to abandon our shot at visibility and all these established events. And we're going to just throw all of our money into this random thing that has no credibility so far. Sure. So that's that's the problem. I mean, they, they can't just uproot their their surefire exposure that they get at at these races that are established and that everybody knows about, and use all of that same money on a on a gamble that you know so and so's race series that's going to become the new standard might might you know garner the same amount of views. So yeah. it's I don't think that it's the manufacturers don't want to support it. It's that. There's only so the 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 pie is only so big, and you can only right. cut it into so many slices. And there's just not enough of a slice left to send all your guys to the RCGP when you have to send them to Silver State because that's an established 
you know, return on your investment that it wasn't this year. I'll tell you. (laughs) Well, and that's that if, if it, if it keeps up that way, then yeah, then maybe they'll they'll consider doing something different, but I do think, I do think come year two or nationals in order to put them in something else. Yeah. I do think come year two, there is going to be a little bit of a shift. They're going to gain some people if it makes it there. If RCGP makes it to season two, you're going to see some companies start to div- divert those resources because they're going to want can... they're going to want that world title or the possibility for it. And you know what? I mean, people can think what they want of JQ, but that's just not a dude that these companies are going to get behind. I know. Yeah, if he had if he he's had a little far, more sense, he would have. If he had a little more sense, he would have stayed a little less visible on it. He's he's not somebody that they're gonna. I mean, it's already it's been one race, and he's already proven that he's unstable with it. So it's it, there's no way these companies are gonna get behind that. That is true. I, I mean, they can. I tell you what, they can do. They can plan out the structure of of an event. They can create logos and videos and a social media content strategy and they can bring RC related media on site and they can create and deploy content for the event and they can frame it up um, and contextualize it in a very good way. All of that they, they, they executed brilliantly. They made banners, they set up a, you know, backdrop, they did all that stuff brilliantly, but it's the rest of it that they're going to have to, prove themselves on and so far all we have is jq fighting with people online and there were no entries and you know we can't afford you know we can't afford to continue hiring these people if there's only going to be 20 entries in the rc2 division and blah blah blah, and all this is just out in the public for everyone to see and that's right that's just not how uh, an organization or an entity or a written event is ever going to gain ground. So he's kind of just shooting himself in the foot. In my I opinion. believe the RCGP class, I believe they had to pay something like 5000 bucks per team to get in there. Yeah. I, for the series. Yep. Yeah. For the series is like 5000 bucks a team. So. It's a great concept. I love it. It's just. Yeah. I don't know. Should we get into... Do you uh, think... Oh, go ahead. Because we we can agree that... Or I think we can agree that the racing was exciting. If you watched any of the heads-up quals, you were... I was a lot more in tune in a qual. I never watch replays of a qual at the big races. I only watch the Nitro A main event. That's basically all I ever watch. But the, the quals were fun to watch. Do you think some of these one-off races that don't necessarily need to run the IFMAR style of event, do you think they'll switch? you think they'll do more heads-up stuff? I'd sure hope so. Um, I don't want to get too into it, but we all know Tim does heydays every year for RC, kind of just an RC exhibition, and we're going to do a similar rcgp style thing if oh yeah you're actually gonna have racing if we 
do it again. I, I'll, I'm going to be the announcer, race director. I believe that's what we've discussed. And uh, then it's we have to figure it out who's we're going to do two classes. It's going to we're going to only be able to have a certain amount of people because Tim only gets um, 25 wristbands a year. So we're gonna have to figure that out, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a good time. That's cool. Did did they ever run races there in the past, or was it always just exhibition driving here and there? I've uh, ran races for them in the past. At at the Heydays event. Yes, and uh, okay. Jimmy cool. from Wheel Brokers also has. Right on. Uh, should we get into questions? Oh yeah, I forgot all about them. We'll uh, burn through them because we've been going for an hour 20. Uh, Jessica Old Oldham wants to know why, Jeremy wants to know why his kid can drive better than him. Because he's young and youth beats old. I hate to say it. I'm old. My kid's going to be beating me soon. What do you guys think? It's all the video games he plays on his tablet. That's right. <laughs> that and uh, every spare second that jeremy has at the track he's fixing something that jordan broke right so he's he's not getting nearly the wheel time and that that's typical of racing dads right you, you're doing everything you can to yep. to make sure your kids having a good time that's about it too and then um ryan so i think they got it going on they yeah. just keep on doing it yeah ryan knutson says dollar and off-road i think he just wants info on it um, I believe they're going to be club racing Thursday nights and Sunday mornings. Um, other than that, we talked about it pretty good. It's a, a single surface. It looks really fun. I'm thinking about heading out there one of these days myself. Do you guys have uh, anything to add to that? Yeah, I wanted. I lobbied really hard for a different night because because it is in my town. Yep. I was willing to. Um, to trade off uh, race directing duties and stuff like that. But Thursday night is the night that I get together at the Cottage Grove Bike Park and we do a community night. Uh -huh. there. So I'm, I can't give that up. Okay. Um, let me think here. I've heard, no I've heard nothing but good things. And me too. I don't, you know. Yeah. Hey, can we put a couple people on blast though? Ooh. A couple of the, I, w I was super excited that guys like uh i know rob love is selling his already oh yeah I, or sold and i th i think paul doyle put his up already too it's like come on i'd those are two of the my favorite dudes from the on-road you know area and we I knew it was so gonna happen wanted them to get hooked we knew it um tj barnes is gonna race direct one of the days so we'll see how that works. He's sure. going to shadow Brian Post for a while. You know, live time is so user-friendly that he, he'll catch on pretty quick. Live time is by far the superior racing program out there right now. That's good because on the outside looking in, at Brian, it looks like he has to do a little too much there. So... Yeah. Anybody that can get in and help him out, I think that's great. Yeah. 
Uh, we got a couple from Patrick Anderson. Um, Brian has to work tech. That's why they got to find a new guy yeah. to run the races. <laughs> yep. Dig dig the knife in a little further there, Eric. Yep. Yep. No, Brian's got to tech the batteries. Dale has to tech the motors. That's <laughs> that's the way it goes. Uh, Patrick Anderson says uh, the toy box summer season starts June second with a new layout being put in this week. That's good to know. Uh, FTR round two is also June second. Um, he also says, uh, "How do we get our wives, significant others, to approve how much this hobby costs?" Well, Eric and I both met our wives while we were. Eric met his wife at the track, and I met my wife while I was racing. I did not get into it after I got married. So, Ryan, how about you field this one? I I don't have a lot of perspective on this because my wife is unbelievably supportive of all of my hobbies. And I think one of the reasons is, well, two, A, she knows my passion for it. And, you know, she cares about me, so she wants me to be happy. But the other side of it is... She knows what I'm like when I don't get to do those things. Yep. And I'm not fun to be around. Yep. And so she's going to support it. Now, on the side of Patrick, maybe don't have so many freaking vehicles, man. Like, And maybe don't he, buy them and sell them in a month like you did with his main Yeah, that would, that would help too. But if he didn't have 10 different race cars, I think that would help quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know. You know, the thing I always, I always go to when people ask about, like, or, you know, you, you start talking about how much this stuff costs, and they're like, oh, wow, really? I I always say, you know, go and look at a full-size race car, and then go ask all these regular-looking regular people that all seem to be able to do that sport. Go at, you know, go to your local dirt track, find whatever random Joe Blow guy you can find there in the pits. Consider how much all that's worth, and then go ask him how much they spend on tires for one race night. Right. And then tell me RC racing is expensive. So well, I mean, that's passion. That's pure passion. Do both of you guys know uh, Philip Jones? Yep. Dirt oval guy. He's But he's done other ra- RC racing. I don't think he races big cars anymore, but when he worked with me back in 2014, I'm like, all right, I'm putting in six to seven grand a year into rc racing i go i think i'd rather race a street stock he goes double it and you'll be at my budget and he's extreme budget racer with the big cars he goes you want to run with the big boys it's 20 grand a year twenty thousand dollars a year to run a street stock that seems cheap to me a street stock for a full-size car street stocks i don't don't know i've heard that number don't they spend like 10 or 15 grand on the engine i don't think on a street stock no i think it has to be a straight crate motor if you're talking a mod you're getting up into that range though a mod's big 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 money i mean it, I, I see a meme from the Dirt Oval guys constantly. They spend $100,000 a year to try to win a $500 feature. <laughs> it's it's pure passion. I, that it is. That is one thing that I love about one-to-one dirt racing. And I don't, I don't know much about the other forms of 
you know, car racing, but I've been around dirt oval a lot and it, it is, it's, and it's pure passion. Hey, this, this isn't directed at Pat, Patrick. This is directed at everyone. If your wife wants to stifle your passion, if you're not putting your family in the poorhouse with this, but they're bitching about the money still, they're bitching about the Saturday afternoon you're spending away. If you're doing the right things as a family man and she's still complaining, it might be time to bail. <laughs> Joe, you've just ruined somebody's family. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I can't imagine being in that kind of hell. I mean, you know, I, I, I think he's I think he's maybe just creating a little bit of content between us because now that his race season's over, he's out on the golf course every weekend too. So I don't think he's overly concerned about what his wife thinks about what he's doing. Well, no, I think Patrick's race season's over because uh, he travels during the summer for work. Right, but I'm saying what he does for fun is he golfs. Yeah, but no, I'm not saying that for Patrick. I'm saying in general. Yeah, I know. I keep circling back to him because I like to give him a hard time. And And then not only that, so think about the way the wife treats you about R.C., and then think about the way the wife treats you right when you get home from work. And then think about the way your wife treats you in a gathering situation. Y- you'll start to see a unhealthy pattern. <laughs> it's time to bail. Some, guy, some guys are, are happy in misery. I'm lucky. I mean, I've been with Beth for so long, and she's been so supportive. It's... I don't know. Eric, has Stephanie ever jumped your shit about racing? No. I can't imagine that because you met her at the track. I mean, it's one of those things, man. If you don't have a supportive wife with racing, you don't have a supportive partner, period. Yep. With the exception of things that you're talking about, though. I think over the years, from what I've seen, when it causes problem problems, and I'm just viewing from afar, but yeah, I feel like it's easy for you know significant others or, or friends or parents or whatever. I mean, I've seen it a lot from parents. Right. I think it's it's really easy to not understand. Like, the, it's an easy sport to misinterpret. It's an easy sport to think. Oh, you're you're doing what now? You're you're racing model cars. Yeah, you're 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 playing with toys. And where are you going? Yep. Oh, so what do you get? You know, like well, what do you? Oh, you you don't get anything. I mean, we've all heard these conversations yes. a million times. Basically, anytime we've had to explain the sport to somebody. So, I mean, that's the lens by which everyone that doesn't know about it is viewing it, and you have to assume that a majority of people's spouses or significant others are viewing it through that same lens or a similar one. So naturally they're asking themselves all those same questions. And, and I mean, that's, I think where the problem really comes up is they're, they're seeing it as this thing that they can't comprehend, like, Oh, they're toys and you're racing them with other grown men in a building and you don't get anything for it, but you're spending a thousand dollars on it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they're they're getting the other side of it as well. They're they're seeing how much it costs. So maybe that the maybe the, the craziness of it all, the way it, it seems to an outsider gets a little amplified when they're getting to see the 
the uh, the outbound section of the the bank, the online banking app to see what what money is being spent on it as well. No, I I get that. I get that. I I really do. I don't know. Like I said, I I got I'm one of the lucky ones. But on the flip side, I've seen guys treat it like a gambling problem, and they're spending every damn dime on RC while they don't pay the mortgage then that's on you and yeah you you should quit then stuff like that but i've i've broken up with girls in high school over rc i've had girls say it's either rc or me i even blink i said peace peace <laughs> and he walked away in his jinkos yep no that is yeah no you're probably right there <laughs> <laughs> I like to try I think to it, say. I think it's easy to, um, even the people that don't get it, as long as they have a passion in their life, if you can relate it to that, then they might be able to wrap their head around it. They might not get what you're doing and why you do it, but they'll be able to identify with the, with the passion that you have for it. Right. Now, if it's somebody that doesn't, you know, if they don't have a passion in their life, if they're just going through the motions, then, yeah, you're never going to get through to that person. Because they're not operating on the same type of level that you are. Yeah. Um, all right. I always go the self-deprecating route. I just say, yeah, I race toy cars, and I spend a lot of money and waste a lot of time doing it, and I don't even try to justify it anymore beyond that. Yeah. Good for you, Eric. Right. I mean, I still try to just justify it a little bit by whatever, but, yeah, there's... It's almost kind of a flex if you if you like morph the way you think about it around a little bit. Yep. It's like, yeah, yeah, I do this. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you going to say about it? I, I have no explanation. It, it leaves you as like this weird enigma and mysterious person. They probably will leave the encounter being like, what? Yeah. It's, you know, they might think you're stupid or whatever, but they also might be like, why would someone do that? That's that's kind of interesting. You know, you might you might you might make yourself out to be a more interesting person than you know actually. Um, I don't I know. know. That's why I post jujitsu stuff to make myself more seem more interesting than I really am. I just go in and get my ass kicked for a couple hours a day and come home. That's that's the extent of that. Um, so F- FTR right? state champs. FTR state champs round two, Joe, are you going? I don't think so, man. I got a, it's a busy week. So Friday, Mike Nesbitt's getting married. I'm heading up to that wedding with the wife. Cool. Congrats to them. Yep. Mike and Tiffany have been together for 10 years. It's about, that's about the right time. Then, uh, Jackie and I have a jujitsu tournament Saturday, man. I need a rest after that oh for sure what yeah. about the weekend following mnrc round two at loose nuts that's not the weekend following oh is it two after two after weekend following okay. shamrock june 8th and okay. i will be going to that because i'm still stewing i'm still mad at myself for letting me run tires down it, uh, i'm still mad at myself i gotta try to always re- Always next race for redemption, Joe. Right. I have to try to redeem myself for redemption that isn't there. Because like what Eric said, that race was gone from everybody's memory a couple hours after it happened. 
<laughs> but it's still in mine. Um, let's see, Nick has Nick Gabrielson has a few questions. Uh, he says, brainstorm some ideas for increasing entries for any and all events. Well, um, we've done that a little bit. I mean, what can what can you do except run a tighter race program? What else? I'll, I'll boil it we down need to one thing. Go for it. Communicate. <laughs> this is something I see every single event that exists on, on planet Earth fail to do properly. That's communicate their event properly. You mean? Market it. Tell people why they need to go to it. Yeah. All or even right. tracks. If we're talking about club racing, even that isn't done correctly. Right. Right. Uh, then he goes, from what I can see, the average median age of racers t above 25. How does this affect the future of RC? It's always been above 25. Eric hey, and you got to have money to play. Eric and I were lucky kids. We really were. Um, yeah, yeah, this costs a ton of money, and it should be for kids. It should be for everybody. It should be for kids, adults, old people, whatever. But really, it's for that over 25 crowd with disposable income um what do you think eric i still feel like back when you and i were kids there were more kids around that were there not because like they were there with their dad like obviously you were there with your dad and a yeah. lot of kids were there with your dad but there were also a lot of other randoms like myself or you know yeah, you know, whoever there, I, there was just a crew of kids that just would get dropped off in the morning and get picked up at night. And I feel like I don't feel like that happens anymore. No, I mean it certainly doesn't happen at a nitro race for any number of reasons. Well. But at the at the facilities, you know, in the t in in town, you just I don't see many kids getting dropped off and picked up at the end of the day. Right. Oh. Uh. Yeah, Ryan, what do you think? Above 25 age median, how does this affect the future of RC? Do you think it does? Uh, I, I mean, I I jumped in a little early there. And That's all right. I, I, you, do, you do have to pay to play in this game, so I think it does, uh, unless your, your parents are looking to get you into it, you are going to have to wait until a time in your life when you may be a little more stable. That's what I had to do. I... I wanted to race so bad back in the the Dewey's Hobbies days and, you know, the racing that was going on up in Eveleth and then you know, the stuff that I saw that was going on back when I was racing dirt bikes. I wanted to race RC so bad, but my parents, you know, we made a choice on the other stuff that I was doing yep. and that's what they had the resources for. So I had to wait for a time in my life where I was able to do it. Now, if we could get more people like Nick that run like four or five freaking classes oh. then yeah we can we can jump the entries up but the problem is those people get burnt out in a year and a half yeah um that's another thing we all have to make choices i um in the winter time i didn't get to go i didn't have a snowmobile and i ain't gonna go snowmobiling with my friends because i raced rc cars and i look back at it i'm kind of happy i raced instead of instead of snowmobiling all winter but i don't well, know that's good you, you know you I, shouldn't ha you shouldn't have any regrets because if you wanted to go and have those experiences now you could yeah you could make that choice right i was uh i had a, a thought and i can't remember if i was talking to my wife about it or my mom i think i was talking to my mom about it the other day um just about 
RC racing and how I, you know, I still do it now and how I did it as a kid. And in relation to what other kids were doing when I was younger, you know, I, I think I used hockey as an example. Like, oh, kid, I remember when I was a kid, like the, the kids that had money, they all played hockey. Right. You know, hockey equipment was insanely expensive. So the rich kids, they all played hockey and they would go to their hockey camps and they were at hockey every weekend and, you know, driving around the suburban, you know, going to hockey practice. And it was like hockey, hockey, hockey all throughout, you know, your, your younger days, your teenage years. And then it ends, you know, for most people like, yeah, there's still people that might play hockey on a beer league or whatever, but all of that. And then it ends. And I was thinking about that in con- in contrast to something like RC racing, where I devoted just as much or more time and effort and energy into what I loved at the time, which was racing. And here I am, 35 years old, and I'm still doing it. Like it doesn't it doesn't end the same way other hobbies might end that you have when you're a kid. And that's just one more reason why this sport is so cool that that you can easily forget about. Like I mentioned one of them earlier where you get to race, you know, with all sorts of people and, you know, find ways that make it fun in all different types of manners. But uh, the fact that you don't have to stop doing it is just another thing that makes it super cool. Right, right. Ah, man, Nick, his last two questions are going down the negative wormhole. He goes, Let's go. Being I that, love it. Let's go. Being that the financial burden is rather substantial for quality kits, how does a person keep a parent's interest or anyone's interest in the hobby or sport alive once they find out the financial requirements? In my experience talking with parents of my son's friends, this is a deal breaker. Explain to them all that shit I just said. Yep. <laughs> but there's that, and then there's... There's way easier ways to do it. Like if I could, if I could say, for example, Dollar Hobbies, they're gonna make a push to get Slash going there, and apparently they've got Slashes flying off the shelves. Every every right. tenth scale, no. every tenth scale track has a Slash class. I mean, two hundred twenty so bucks out the point. door, and then it ch- I started showing a little tact when I tell people about it. I don't tell people how much I spend. I say what it takes to get in the hobby, and then the kid or the adult is going to figure out the direction they go. Maybe they'll find out it's not for them. Maybe they'll go to on-road. Maybe they'll go to 10-scale off-road. Maybe they'll throw the bigger budget at A-scale. But you don't be like, oh, it's going to cost you X amount a year or F your mother. Yeah, well, I mean, Nick is racing nitro truggy and nitro buggy, and I'm not sure if he has an electric buggy or not. I don't not, but think so, he's, but he's doing 10-scale openers, I think. There's okay, a lot of vehicles. so he's running three classes, and two of them are the most expensive classes in RC, other than nitro on-road. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. He does, his picture isn't exactly realistic to what it could be. Yeah. I mean, his is, but like I say, just throw out the spec slash option and be like, hey, go from there. Because what other hobby can you be competing in for $220? There's no other form of racing other than, like, running. Or even hobby. do that cheaply. You can't paintball. 
you know. It might get you a one skate of a hockey, pair of hockey skates. <laughs> yeah. There's, you're you're really on a on a hockey tangent here. You're right? not going to touch well, a B. You know, you pick an analogy. You gotta yeah. Stick with it, right? No, but I I get it. You're not going to touch a BMX bike for two hundred and twenty bucks. Not a quality one. Back not in one the that day, want to put your child's life in. Yeah, back in the day, that was a starting cost for a Dyno VFR. So now with inflation, I'd say a starting cost for a decent entry-level BMX bike has to be around that $500 level now, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty accurate, and and you're not getting a quality wheel set, and we don't have to go too far on this tangent, no. but it's it's about like a slash. Yeah. It'd, it'd be comparable to riding a slash. Right, right, and yeah, you're just say get a spec slash and go from there. And if they're dirt pouring on food stamps, be like, it. find a nice way to say it's not for you. Yeah. I mean, I've had to do that myself with people. And I mean, uh, well, <laughs> that's a, another story. Be, I, well, it's, I'll, pro- I'll probably have to do that with myself at some point in my life. You know, like when we come, when we become parents and, no, you, you won't. know, our finances change drastically, then I, you know, I might have to take camping up for a few years. Kids aren't as expensive as you think. I mean, what you're okay. doing it is, but I mean, it's, they're not. Once the initial cost is over, it's simple. Um... Until they get into shit. So my son, (laughs) uh, like hockey doesn't exist in this house, for example. Martial arts are plenty expensive. Soccer, all that stuff. It's plenty. All right, last question. And it's also from Nick. How close are we, in your opinion... To seeing another downfall of RC racing in Minnesota, especially if the younger generation's interest in the hobby is so stagnant. How can we attempt to prevent this from happening again? Not trying to be negative, just want to see the hobby or sport continue to grow. I know... uh, (laughs) Not trying to be negative, but let me be negative here for a second. No, that's all right, Um, though. I think think all of us have talked about it, right? Like, we're at a point right now where they're... There are a lot of places to right. go race right now and like, in this region. Eric, do you want to keep saying what you've been saying? I mean, another downfall makes it sound like there was one and there wasn't. So it's yeah. just, but I think a lot of people, a lot of people ride a roller coaster of enjoyment in this hobby. So they perceive their roller coaster as being how everyone else perceives it. But things have been pretty much steady for a long time, and right yeah. now we're. You know, if you had to find a negative, it would be that there's too many racing options. So right. I think if we if we were to go down, we would just kind of even off at where things have been for 20, 30, 40 years. I, it, you know, I think a larger to a larger extent, his his point about there being a lack of interest from a younger generation. Like, yeah, I mean, for the things that we've already mentioned, you know, kids lack of attention span. They're, you know, sitting around playing Fortnite instead of you know, building Legos that might eventually affect the sport on a global scale. But I don't think that we have, we're not special here. We don't have any, there's nothing here that's happening. That's going to make it anything worse than it's ever been before. No, it's, I don't know. I think it is uh, like, I've heard you straight up say RC is not dying. 
No. We've had down. Not at all. No. We've had down years we, with the we, MNRC, we, we, but you know what? Those down years with the MNRC, our on-road numbers were through the flipping roof. It. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the like, TCHR was was the the you know mecca of RC racing in the state. It closed down, and what happened right then? Everybody went outside and ran the MNRC series. So right. It's just you take water from one bucket and move it into another yeah you're going to be sad that your your one bucket is is you know cracked and emptied but that doesn't mean that the sport as a whole has gone dry yep you just you know move somewhere else you have to be willing to adapt to the changes you can't be stuck on one thing like one day if the a scale buggy deal dries up which it's very strong right now i'm not saying but if it does dry up I'm going to be sad about it for a minute, but you know what? I'm going to go run a 12-scale or a buggy or a touring car or whatever. It doesn't matter. You'll, you'll run the next IFMAR World Championship class that's, that is uh, Euro Truck. That's you right. Know? You know, one, That'll be the biggest class in the world by the Yeah. One yeah and then, then next year we'll do, you know, Kyosho Hang-On Racer. That, that'll be the yeah, there you spec go. class. One year, Senior and I ran oval on a roller rink because there was it was in between the two track sides. There was uh, winter when bo- when the track side in St. Paul closed and the track side in New Brighton was not open yet. RC racers are like cockroaches. Yeah. I mean, there could be a <laughs> nuclear apocalypse. There'll be some dorks driving RC cars around somewhere. <laughs> God bless them. That, that's right. I mean... Old old person who a person who used to co-host this show with me, Shane Madrinich, he started racing while he was on deployment in Iraq of all places. I mean, you're there's a, yeah, but also to be fair, if you listen to the history podcast from last week, Nick is from the Brainerd area. So it's a little bit tougher up there, and it has been for a while. Yeah, he, you know, he could get down to the five ten. That is true. It's, it's not. It's not that far from. It's Emily a fifty-five or minute drive. Merrifield yeah. to the five ten. Yeah, it's a fifty-five minute drive. Which and, is you know, he's a family man, so they probably got stuff going on in yeah. the winter. But, but you know, um, I just drove my kids to St. Peter, which is a hour and a half away. But one of a taking Jackie with is bribing her to go to that big ass candy store. <laughs> hey, whatever you got to do, man. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's yeah. There's racing somewhat close usually, so just we're very very fortunate right now. And and if we lose a, a couple of them, and I'm sure we will at some point. We it's have like you to. said we'll we'll go racing somewhere else because you know wheel brokers shut down and at that time that was my favorite place to race but i I didn't quit you know i started going to lucky 13 and then lucky 13 closed down and you know i'm still racing yep here we are right right the next track owner is walking among us right now and we don't even know who they are it's not (laughs) me don't ask again (laughs) people people have asked me and i've had offers it's gonna be torah oh and he's gonna <laughs> hire. He's gonna hire a tech person. Well, he'll hire somebody to run the whole show because you know Tor's a pure racer, so he's not gonna want to waste all of his time 
actually running the place. He's yeah. going to want to be competing. Yeah. Oh, I've turned down offers. I'm sure Eric has turned down the same offers. It's offers for what? Uh, running a track? Yeah. Have you got? Well, he hasn't listened. Have you gotten the Jesse Newman offer? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've gotten that one also, and it's like, dude, I could do it, but I. Yeah. I told. I said uh, no. <laughs> well, I said no. I said I'm able, but I'm not willing. So you want to give me a salary? Well, that's about it, too. It would have to be a it's, legit gig with benefits. There's there's no RC track that, I don't know, This could that could be an entire podcast. We don't not, have to go down that uh, yeah. route at all. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, yeah. There, there's always racing. You just have to look for it. How about that? Well, right. it comes down to passion, like Ryan was saying. Right. Uh, all right. Somebody I, out there will pour their blood, sweat, and tears into the next track. Yep, for sure. And, and we'll we'll tear them apart when they run the race program too long one yeah. day. Exactly. No, <laughs> and that's why I tried not to tear them. I mean, I I don't I don't like to harp on that too much, but it can become an issue. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You just, at some point though, you just, you got to pick up and leave. If it's, if it's bugging you that much on that specific day. Well, yeah. And like FTR, it didn't bother me. I just had a place to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, see with, with one day nitro racing like that, I expect it to be a long day. I, I showed up there knowing that it was going to be a long day. Right, Right. But I'm happier that they fit it all into that one day that is huge all right guys i gotta get up in a few hours for work so uh let's end this one anything else it was fun yep all right well we've ran out of talent and we'll see you next time bye everybody